everybody. Welcome to the 5 for 5 podcast, episode 12. My name is Panchito, and as always, I'm joined by Mike. How are you doing today, Mike? Happy to be here, folks. Excited for the 12th episode. It should be a good one. We're continuing our journey into the 90s, and today it's my turn. We are traveling through the 90s with hopefully another very exciting and or crazy story. As everybody knows, this is the show where we compete for pointless points, but the journey through history, Mike? It's priceless. What do you say? Should we get into the crazy and or kooky story right after this yeah definitely i'm excited man let's do it all right everybody it's time to get deep into it with some crazy story are you ready i'm ready man okay the year is 1993 okay and this article comes to us from cedarton georgia okay the title reads hang up The Georgia State Patrol is warning the public that telephone solicitors raising money in the name of State Patrol are doing so without sanction of the patrol and that none of the money raised goes to the State Patrol. If you get a call asking for money in the name of the State Patrol, hang up. While officers of the State Patrol are members of three trooper associations raising money over the phone, the patrol does not condone the practice, does not receive any of the money, and believes that the methods being used to solicit border on fraud. The associations are hiring telemarketing firms, said Colonel Miles, who imply or blatantly state over the phone they are troopers and are generally using deceptive practices and pressure techniques to get donations. Whoa. In the case of at least one association, Miles said the association admitted only 25 cents of each dollar raised goes back to this trooper group. In other cases, donors are being promised windshield or bumper stickers, which imply special consideration in the event of a traffic stop by troopers. This is totally unacceptable, says Miles. My advice to the public is, if they get a call asking for money in the name of state troopers, hang up. While these associations may be legitimate, their methods of raising money leave a bad taste in the mouth of the public and a bad image for the patrol. I wish the trooper associations would adopt more traditional and publicly accepted methods of raising money. As it is now, troopers are being viewed as having to beg for money. The governor and legislature have joined to make sure that our state patrol is the best equipped, best trained, and the best paid in our history. Future plans call for even more expenditures in these areas, he said. But we must have the support of both public and our elected officials to do so. And that's it. Wow. Right. We're talking about, to summarize, a sophisticated telefraud scheme that employs telemarketing companies to fraudulently extract money from people that is supposed to be in the name of the Georgia State Trooper Association. Right. And And it's not hardly any of it, if any of it, is going back to the Georgia State Troopers. Right. So what's happening here is essentially this agency is having an issue with approved people who are going in and asking for funds, but they're doing it in a weird way, like in a way that sounds like all the money's going to the state troopers or uh, the agency can't run without the funds that they're soliciting. They're they're employing underhanded tactics. They're going the extra mile to sort of dig the money out of the wallets. Wow. Wow. So one of the things they mentioned was the employment of telemarketing companies. What was, what was another underhanded method that they had mentioned? Basically, how much money was actually going if they did 
had managed to collect. Right, right. I think what's most interesting about this story is that it takes place in 1993. Right. I know that you love telephones and just telephone technology in general, right? Yeah, I mean, mobile technology and telephony is is part of my uh, professional background, yes. Right. So I thought you would really appreciate this story because in 1993, this was kind of on the cusp of when we started having a lot of problems with solicitation calls. Absolutely. You're right. So this is right on the edge. I mean, they were about to get into some really big problems with as far as cold calling goes, right? We're, we're still in the wild west of cold calling. Um, I would even argue even today to some degree, uh, because if you really think about it, not much is really clamped down too much in regards to what is in, in effect law wise now versus 1993. So in 1993, we were big time dependent on landline. Correct. So I remember going to say visit uh, open houses and things like that with my parents around that time. Right. And it was a big deal that all of the rooms had a telephone plug. Exactly. I mean, the big technologies that we depended on, most of them had to do with a telephone plug. The entire world was basically built around the telephone at the time because this is pre-advent of the internet. And and pre-cell phone. I mean, correct. Well, some people had cell phones. Yeah. Some people had internet. A lot of people had beepers, but even those depended on landlines. Yeah, I would say it's a pre-ubiquity cell, like ubiquitous presence of the cell phone. So since we were kind of on the cusp of all of that becoming important. Right. I feel like these people sort of stumbled on a little nugget of the problem that we were going to be having very soon after the story was written, right? It was the snowflake that would eventually turn into the biggest snowball. Yeah, because after this, then we literally started getting straight up scam calls, right? Absolutely. And we even had telemarketing firms that were shut down because of scam calls. You know, before a lot of these were ran out of people's apartments and bedrooms. I mean, this is before where it was a global scheme where you had people with call centers in India that are that are entirely dedicated to this stuff. Right. This was the age of like the, the auto dialer type. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So it was literally some dude in a basement with the auto dialer just trying his best to scam the few dollars that he could get out of the random phone calls he made. Yeah. A, a scammer and a phone book. Oh, OK. okay. Yeah, yeah. So he was going like by area codes or something like that. Yeah. You, there was a lot of that back then. You know, there was a lot of gathering of phone books from other areas. So like maybe you lived in L.A., but you would make sure that you got phone books from like Orange County and all these other areas, you know, and neighboring surrounding communities. So that wasn't so saturated to where you are. And so you had a, a frequent hit list of people to fraud. So you're like today's 213. Yep. OK, tomorrow's 818. Yep. And you just kind of keep going until you hit pay dirt, basically. Yeah, exactly. These are sanctioned agencies and they're allowed to be making these phone calls. But even when they get these people on the phone, they're sort of really they're trying to like squeeze the money out of them, right? Yeah, it seemed like it was a high pressure phone call based off of the article. Right. You you need police, right? You need police, right? You want them to protect you, right? I mean, every every penny counts. Right. And I think that's what these people were getting and that's where they're going to in this story. But things got much worse after this. Like we already can both commonly agree that this is some gutter stuff. Right. That was going on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I kind of want to dive a little deeper. Okay. How gutter are we talking? And what I mean by that is, do I have a guy calling uh, the sweet grandmother saying, hey, yeah, I know you want some, you know, police in your community. Don't you want that? You know, every penny counts. Is he taking it a step further and maybe even pitting her neighbors against her saying, well, you know, well, Jim across the street, he, he donated $25. Well, that's the thing is it sounds like these were sanctioned agencies. Maybe they do know the community pretty well. That, yeah. that probably makes it worse in a way, right? Right. I mean, you're, you're now, now you're pitting the community against each other to try and, and raise as much as you can all fraudulent 
recently. Yeah, I I think the like we talked about the method is what's nasty here. Absolutely. Right? Uh-huh. It's not so much that they have the phone numbers yeah. or that they're like calling a lot right. or something like that, which eventually becomes our problem, calling a lot. <laughs> right? Uh, yes, yes. Like 2 years later, 1995, it's about volume. That's when the problem happens, right? Dial, dial, dial. Just this big, huge, open bag of opportunity for scams, right? Oh, totally. totally. Yeah. It was just this open uh, f- open tunnel for scamming. It is fun, though, to look at a story like this and realize how seriously right on the cusp of just, like, disaster they were, right? Right. It was the, uh, the just the first phase before this grand evolution in scammery. Because phone-wise, what happened right after this? Robocalls. Right. And then uh, just cold calls for, like, you know, insurance and business type stuff and things like that right i mean any kind of phone fraud that you can imagine anything that can be done over the phone so you figure insurance fraud you figured stock financial fraud um you figured there was probably also just fraud that involved remember catalog sales oh sure sure so you know that was still going on yeah you know and just the cold sale in general right that must have already been kind of a a pain i i remember it kind of being a pain well people were already kind of used to it pre-cellular because it was already going on in in the home landline thing you know and then it just moved into cellular right i think i don't know maybe 10 years after this so maybe like 95 to like 2005 or so that was like the heyday of like just phone junk I agree. I I mean, look, I in 07, I worked a, a phone junk job. Yeah, I was about to say that I had a job like that. Yeah. And I remember just feeling like I had scraped the bottom of the barrel to get a job because I needed to have a job. I used to work for a company. Let's just put it this way. Uh, it's the official website of the National Association of Realtors. And that's all I'll say. And <laughs> I had to make 120 outbound dials a day. Yeah, that was it, right? The dial count. I remember yep. that. And the managers, that was a big deal to them. Like, how many calls are you completing? And then also, what kind of retention do you have on the calls? Like, how far into the call are you getting? Right. Because if you're only in the call for three minutes, then it's crap. Right. I mean, because remember, it's a contact sport, Panchito. Yeah, yeah. ABC, right? Always be closing. That was just a different animal, right? I mean, this is kind of uh, still hearkening and pulling from that Wolf of Wall Street era. You know what I mean? There was a lot of, you know, coffees for closers. You know what I mean? There There were a lot of people who had livelihoods built around being able to hustle over the phone, legitimately, mind you. So can you imagine what was able to be extracted illegitimately well that too and then these people weren't pre-qualified in any way it was just literally you have a phone number right here right? here i go that was the thing the mo back then is just get numbers right yeah because they started selling lists absolutely they? a phone list i mean phone companies were were guilty of it at an at an early age because there was a lot of uh gray area that these companies were dealing in you know what i mean so depending on on how they were going about it it's how do you directly attack them and stop them if they're working in an area that may not necessarily be the most illegal but might be kind of legal you know kind of like like you were saying with these georgia state trooper people well we're to ramp up though right because they're just worried about the way that the calls are being made and sort of the language that's being used right Right, right. like the delivery they wanted the softer delivery or they wanted to be more transparent right yeah but what a quantum leap that they made within a couple of years later because i can remember 95 96 people were freaked out about receiving phone calls like these right I agree. And they were always calling at the worst times. Yes. Right over dinner. Exactly. Uh, 6 to 9 p.m. 
You know? Right. Yeah. Crazy. That's when primetime was a big deal because primetime was a big deal on television and a bunch of stuff like that, too. Right. That term quantum leap, especially when you think about the modern context, I think really does apply. Yeah, it does. Because I mean, we just we jumped on jumped on jumps on jumps on jumps leading toward corruptness in oh. regards to communications. Right. I, I work in medical IT, so I just kind of give you guys some quick snippet of background what I do. I have to deal with fraud on an almost daily basis, even from um, vendors, even from from um, professionals that I deal with on my end, you know, I'll I'll reach out and I'll, and I'll contact, which will be a huge call center in India, you know, and then oftentimes, depending on what's going on, you'll call in for a request and they'll tip off somebody that they know, and they'll call you back saying, Hey, I hear you need a CD key or a license on from such and such company. And sometimes it's very difficult for us to, uh, to verify whether or not they're legitimate or not. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's what it is, is now everything is no longer cold. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So how about this let's warm up to the second half and we'll get into the modern context of this whole thing yeah we're definitely living in the age right now folks so stay tuned after the break because we've got something huge for you let's do it this is evita from flying blind podcast you're listening to the five for five podcast with Panchito and mike Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media, at Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. All right, everybody, we are back for the second half of the 5 for 5 podcast, episode 12. And we are talking about an article that I brought in today that Mike found very interesting. Right, Mike? Yeah, it's definitely a huge one. So this one's about phone calls being made to people on behalf. that are on behalf of the Georgia State Troopers. They're receiving these phone calls, and the phone calls are solicitous in nature. Correct. They're asking for money. Aggressively solicitous. They're upset with the nature of the call. Correct. Uh, and then we discussed in the first half things like uh, that this is sort of on the cusp of major changes that happen in regards to how people are contacted and using what devices to contact them, right? It really touches on um, some of the things that go on today, a lot of the things that go on today with fraud. This is right up your alley. It is. Um, I work in the field of cybersecurity and information security. And so I get to see all the time, all the different attempts to try and violate somebody's uh, protections, their, their data information, their, those breaches. A lot of it does come from uh, warm calling right. or they've already aggregated some snippet of information about you that immediately allows you to drop your guard. It's kind of like the kidnapper in the van. They try to get you with that your mom sent me to pick you up. Correct. It's that that kind of, I know that sounds way seedy, no, no, but, but it's, it's, it's along the same vein, right? It's like, like a 21st century equivalent to that in a sort way. Sort of, yeah. So Because the devices have changed. That's what's happening here. Correct. We, we have a term for this. It's called social engineering. Right. Uh-huh. You know, so what they'll do is um, they might put in just maybe even five minutes, just five stinking minutes of research about who Panchito is. Sure. And then the fishing begins. Just scratching the surface type of bio stuff. And that's how it all starts. And then the device, though, in general has changed, too, because in this story back in 1993 in Georgia, we're talking about telephones. Correct. Like citizens at home getting a phone call. 
and it they're probably getting phone calls from a list yes we've since 1993 gone through like we said before a quantum leap of change in technology right correct so cell phones got into the mix yep then social uh, media networks well email email then text message then right text message private chat too like yes. instant messaging yes forums mm-hmm. and then after that the pop-up ad right so how intense is what was happening compared to what's happening now i mean uh it, it was like uh the 90s was a shoving match versus now it's just total war sure for yeah. our money yeah and it's and, and not to like put this doom and gloom on people but this is like an all-out global very very deep total war on on our information yeah and global's appropriate it's coming from everywhere exactly it's the uh, the nigerian prince nigerian right. prince right right like i mean we sort of make fun of that now right yeah but people were falling for that big time it was huge because a lot of people weren't used to receiving an email request to just all you got to do is just give me this specific information and i swear to you i'm gonna have so much money in your bank account it's gonna make your head spin yeah i think that's what it is to the specificity of it adds yeah. a little bit of uh importance a little legitimacy maybe a little bit of legitimacy right you just know. a dash you know yeah. today we think oh my gosh that's crazy but guys you have to stop and pause and be like wait a minute let's not think in in 2019 context you have to go a little further back looking back at this story the solicitation calls were coming from you know from police right right and, i mean i'm not saying that's where it started but no. we're looking at an example of somebody having a problem with solicitation right and they're talking about donations for police officers yeah so if that's the jump off point you know the scam changed a lot too right scams have evolved i mean think about this punchy though especially uh today's date just to kind of give you an idea folks we're, we're in july so uh recently there was some major earthquakes in california right yeah within 48 hours there were scam networks already established for californians reaching out cold calling them their mobile phones and trying to basically raise money for people who are affected by these earthquakes i mean think about that that's you want to talk quantum leap that's fast yeah it is we can go from a non-existent to within 48 hours have sophisticated networks established and across all communication lines too right globally might i add yeah yeah that's true it might not have even been originating from this country and they're hitting you on your your text they're hitting you on a an ad on your email they're hitting you everywhere. Absolutely. Wow, that's crazy. And a lot of people would ask, well, how do they get this information? Well, there's a lot of ways that they get that information. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get into with you, too, because the data is what makes the scam a lot different now. Absolutely. Like, they know what I shopped for. They know that I'm interested in a tent and that I also, like, was looking for a leather wallet. Anything, anything that I was shopping for or something, they sort of can use that as a slight in, right? They know so much about you, probably even more than you even realize that you've given the world to know about you. So what are some points of contribution then for data that, that gives these guys fuel? Well, let's go with the lowest hanging fruit. The first thing you mentioned was shopping. Right. So Google is already tracking where you're going. Google knows that you're searching for that sweet pair of Nikes. Yeah. Oh, you like Nikes. Right. Okay. Oh, you like you have a uh, you have a pension for Apple products. Got it. Got yeah. it. So they might get you with some kind of point of entry that has to do with technology or whatever that that is, right? And remember, folks, back in the '90s when we used to call it the World Wide Web, right. the yeah. WWW. Yeah. Th- really think about now how we are in this web, okay? Because everything's starting to branch off now, right? Mm-hmm. Because everything that we just talked about is now also linked to your social media because you log in through say your Facebook account to go into all those shopping outlets. Right. I think like there is hope folks, but I'm going to tell you right now, we are in a very bumpy part of this ride. Like the scam started really honestly with the end user agreement, right? The EULA is hell. (laughs) 
Yeah, because that thing just opens us up to all kinds of damage, right? We really don't know what we're clicking I consent to. You just want to get through it. Right, because who's going to read 50 pages worth of legalese? Yeah, because I'm setting up my Spotify because I'm like, guys, I have to get on there and listen to the Flying Blind podcast. Agree, 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 agree. Right, exactly. I will click anything I have to do to listen to Hunting for Exito. Shameless plug. But yeah, that inroads, that's a kind of, that's a gimme, right? They're little roads of gold depending on how terrible you are at protecting your information for for the right, um, we'll say, fraudster. Yeah, that's the new scam is data. It is. Metadata. 100%. Well, it's crazy to think, though, that all of this started from just the concept of contacting everybody on this list. Correct. And it's literally just these people probably like wrote on a piece of paper with a pen or pencil their phone number. And then they even probably said, I'm home between this time and this time. And they were just really willing to just give that out. I agree. Uh, I bet you a lot of these companies that that were employed to do this probably had uh, information about previous donation habits. I mean, it got more and more complex as we went on because eventually like they started doing like the win this Jeep in the mall type of thing, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and you go and you sign up to win this Jeep and you drop your little paper in the box and you're like, I might win a Jeep. But you just literally gave them like the golden ticket. You gave them the golden ticket. You thought you were getting a Plymouth Prowler, but all you're getting now is a bunch of phone calls you didn't want. Yes, exactly. And and you can't even make it through an episode of Full House. Exactly. So before we move on to the points, give me like a top three safety tip for people to not fall for this kind of junk. You being Mike and having some of the know-how on this kind of stuff, what is your top three guys don't do this or at least be careful when you are doing it? Uh, Number one, I I make this number one because it's kind of a pain point for a lot of people. Uh Establish complex passwords. Uh, Yes. I I understand that complex password is subjective. Uh So let me give you a broad stroke of what complex looks like from an IT professional. Uh, A minimum of eight to 12 characters characters. Um, anything beyond 12 is phenomenal. Okay. But minimum eight to 12, uh, you at least want to have a character. You at least want to have a number. If you can meet those three criterion, you will green mark check number one. And it caps. Yeah. If you're feeling it. Yeah. Uh, actually, I super feel that. Yeah. Uh, number two, establish multi-factor authentication on all of your email. Okay. What can it- we have that one in English? Yeah. I was about to give you the English. <laughs> so, you know, when you log into Gmail and it says, Hey, I'm going to send a message to yourself phone to make sure it's you yeah do that okay yeah don't skip that option it, it makes it very easy to skip to never ever skip that option yeah if they're offering you this that service you should take it here's why that's number two let's say you fail to do number one this is your fail safe to making sure that in case you screwed up step number one step number two's got your back awesome um and then number three which i i think is an obvious one but don't pick up cell phone numbers that you don't know we're kind of impulsive with that stuff now right yeah I think we've kind of I think we are evolving I think we are adapting they are getting us with the impulse still though they are they totally are so to Panchito's point guys most of the people that are in your lives today are either going to be a contact in your phone a contact in a social media page that you know so usually the folks that you need to get a hold of you have a way of getting a hold of you that is sound advice Mike there you go folks I like that top three on five for five saving the day right you're gonna love it folks it's gonna make you safer all right well on that note I think we we will get into the final break and we'll move into the points. Sounds good? Super excited. All right. We'll be right back. This is Evita from Flying Blind Podcast. 
You're listening to the 5 for 5 podcast with Panchito and Mike. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media, at Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. All right, everybody, we are back for the final portion of the show where we give out pointless points for the story. They're pointless points, Mike, but the journey through history? It's priceless, folks. Are you ready for the prize? Let's do this. I'm excited. I think I brought some uh, some good article today. You brought a, a fantastic one, as per usual, might I add. Yeah. But <laughs> let's not toot our own horns or anything. But that said... I'm, I'm usually gonna... pretty fantastic. Sorry. <laughs> so fantastic. He's deserving of reduced rates on international calls by way of a stack of international national calling cards nice well that means that i can call the african prince and verify if it's actually him that sent me the email right or for like two minutes you can call india right yeah yeah folks i'm trying to bring the prices that please well on that note we hope you were pleased with the show we're excited to see you on the next one it will be episode 13 and it will be mike's turn to bring in something fantastic and fun that's right folks be ready until then make sure to Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. That's Z-W-E-R-C Media. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks, Machito. Peace out. Later, man.